You're about to listen to an episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss interesting HR topics and solve some of our listeners' submitted questions. And occasionally I'll go off HR topic and talk about whatever I want to talk about. Think barbecue, space exploration, technology, money, managing, business, things that interest all of us. We get a lot of emails with questions. Stay tuned for details on how you can submit yours to the show. And now, let's get started. So I'm joined by Harley from Cedar HR Solutions today as we talk about a couple of different kinds of wage and hour violations that we see happen in the businesses that we work with. I think that uh, the takeaway here before we get into the questions, well, one question that was sent to us, another question we just wanted to answer. I think the takeaway here is that the wage and hour laws that apply to us as small, medium, it applies to all employers. They're known. There's not a lot of gray area in these things, but uh, we still see a lot of mistakes being made on how people are being paid, whether or not they're being paid for things like training that happened in the office at lunch. And, and, and that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today. So um, we're going to touch on just a couple of things that have to do with wage and hour. And uh, hopefully you guys find this interesting. I think once you've done it professionally, it's hard for to, it's, I guess you, if you don't do it professionally anymore and you keep doing something, you could call that a hobby. I would call it a, a problem. <laughs> like where I'm missing some, you know, so, <laughs> stupid. I would call it a stupid. Well, okay. What about music? Does that count as a hobby for you? I don't. Even I though don't, you kind of did it professionally. I did that point? professionally. See, to me, Paul, it sounds like you have a problem of turning your hobbies into businesses. See? <laughs> that's different though. That's no, a different problem. <laughs> no, that's not a hobby. Well, it started out as one, I guess. I will tell you this, that I had to, um, a piece of insight, like, so I try to grab insight from different places, right? Mm-hmm. So, it, it, and I can associate anything back to HR, but I'm not sure that that's where I was going with this. What was the insight I have? Oh, you don't have to turn every good idea into a business. Yeah. And, but for me, what that meant was, um, or what that still means is, is that I don't, I shouldn't spend the energy to turn it into a business in my head and let it occupy me for like four weeks because I'm, I'm never going to do it. But anytime I think I have a good idea, I instantly want to incorporate it. I want an example of these. Can I steal them from my own businesses? Yeah, you can take all the ideas you want. (laughs) I'll have to think about it. Maybe it'll come up here in the podcast. So everybody, Harley's with me today, and we're going to be talking about uh, wage and hour. Um, uh, You know, we could do hours and hours and hours on wage and hour violations. And uh, so for everybody who's listening out there, we're going to take a couple of instances that are pretty common. They happen in offices. They happen a lot in medical and dental offices. So we're going to focus on one of these issues there and kind of in that platform. Um, And then what was the other one? I don't remember what the other example was. My my brain's fried. It's from running too many not businesses in my head at the same time. Uh, Oh, not paying people in chicken or paying them properly. I got that. Okay. So we had yeah. a podcast that said you can't pay people in chicken and Chick-fil-A got in some trouble. If you want to go back and find that one, it's one of our most listened to podcasts. Um, um, Harley, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you catch a complaint from the Department of Labor, whether it's your state or the federal Department of Labor, some states don't have their own departments of labor. So Employees in those states go straight to the feds with any complaints they have. If you catch a complaint from the DOL, they have the power to come in and audit everything. Yeah. So they can, they'll come in and audit your timekeeping records. They'll um, 
that your practices, they'll look at your employee handbook to see if you've got a policy that says something like what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Like lunch and learns are not unpaid, but you get a free lunch, whatever that looks like. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, but the thing that most people don't realize, and I used to have one of these when I first started 17 years ago, one of these is a letter from the DOL to a, to a, a person who became a member of ours. So they, they got this letter before they ever worked with us. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a page and a half and it included that they wanted all bank records so it was like an IRS audit, too. They wanted all bank records going back for, I think they were allowed to go back for five years, and they asked for all bank records for five years. Yes. So if you're out there listening, and Harley, you might be thinking, well, why would the DOL around timekeeping or something like that want your bank records? Well, we can't. I have theories. I don't know if you have theories. they're Give correct. Me, t- take a guess. Well, I Wrong. imagine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. I imagine they can line it up with payroll records. They can line it up with payroll records. And that's that's true. That's true. But they have a more nefarious uh, purpose for doing it. What they're going to do is audit to see if you're making uh, um, wage and hour mistakes when it comes to miscategorizing an employee. So mm-hmm. what they're looking for is you paying independent contractors. Yeah. Um, and it's coming out. You know, they're seeing it come out of your bank banks, you know, coming out of your bank records. And it's generally going to be going in a check straight to your independent contractor. So it's proof that you've miscategorized the employee and you're paying them as an independent contractor. Totally. So, uh, you know, that's another wage and hour violation. And by the way, we're not getting into that today. Not today. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. But if you've got employees, you're calling. Paul is a hygienist and I see. Uh, just don't trigger me on this. I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. Well, that's a good example. No, he or she is not. And, and neither is your associate doctor who's doing general dentistry for your general dental practice. Neither is anybody for any kind of business who's listening out there. If the person is doing the work of your business, mm-hmm. they're doing what you do to mm-hmm. the service that you, that you, uh, that you, uh, provide, then there is a very, very high likelihood of them being an employee and not an independent contractor. Very, right. very it's not even likelihood. That's the wrong. That's the wrong word. But they, they're not your. They're not your IC. Right. And so now let's get into the wage and hour thing. There's a couple of things I want to point out before we get started, and I think these are very important. The text size on your page. <laughs> It's incredibly small. Is that a point, like (laughs) a point one, two or something? What is? Uh, Paul, you always call me out for the weird things that happens to me. Yeah. No, I don't know. This is just how the printer decided to do it. And I didn't have the energy to print it again. Oh, you must be really tired because you know there's a button. you can make. (laughs) Well, I didn't realize it was doing it until Uh, I grabbed it off the actual printer. And, you know, it's not in my office. I have to. Okay. Walk. The other thing that I want to share is across the hall. Is um, the other thing? Yeah, I know that's so far. It's so far. Um, the, <laughs> the other thing I want to share, which is completely has nothing to do with the subject today, but made me think about it because I always I don't know why before I go into a podcast I go look in the mirror to make sure I look okay. <laughs> but then the, everybody, we do film these. We don't put the whole podcast up, but little clips and stuff show up. It's really fun to get jump scared by your own face when you open Instagram. Oh Whoa. yeah. Oh, oh it's god. Me. Yeah, it's me. Um, and. <laughs> So, um, you know, this morning I didn't realize we were doing a podcast, so I just dressed like a normal person. Good. Now everyone knows what you look like on a daily basis. Well, I just put, you know, I've got a little tie-dye underneath a nice warm pullover because it's it's cold here. It's 60 60, degrees outside. uh, No, I think it's 68. Is it 68? (laughs) So it's cold. (laughs) It is cold. We're in the Southwest, everybody. We're in in Arizona, so it's... 
cold to us is as soon as it drops to 60, we're just like, let's build a Burr. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why was I telling that story? Because I'm just taking up valuable time. People are listening. They're like, get to it, man. Oh, yeah. We were doing interviews about a month and a half ago, and, and um, one of the interviewees said that they had caught some of our video footage and that um, that I should do a better job of dressing up and be <laughs> more respectful. That's not what they said, but that's what they meant. They they wanted me in a button down Can, and stuff like that. This actually makes me think. We've put a few um, social media posts yeah. out recently mm-hmm. that are art recreations of you, Paul. And it makes what? me laugh every time because you're wearing a suit and a tie in the pictures. <laughs> okay, so I have a story. I have a, okay. a suit and tie story. So when I was, uh, I think, turned 19, um, I had uh, I, I lived with this couple. They, they were awesome. We were all good friends, and I just ended up being their roommate. You know, we're all trying to pay rent and do whatever. And they were a little older than me, um, maybe five or six years older, which at the time seemed a lot older than me. They were more adulting. I was still in college. Yeah. Anyway, for one of my birthdays, they gave – and I was just like, well, I'm wearing a tie-dye today, everybody. Back then, I wore tie-dyes freely and tie-dye shorts and tie-dye socks. And, and I was a musician. You know. And I was, you know – um, what, whatever, you know, I was the epitome of not a dress up person. Yeah. And, um, I have a visual. You have a visual yeah. now. Long hair, you know, really long hair, played in bands. I yeah. was, I was a rock star in my own mind. Um, not anybody else's. <laughs> the, the, um, so they gave me a birthday card and it was a, uh, guy standing there in tie dye and his sandals, you know, with beard, not long hair and everything kind of looked like me. But in the reflection in the mirror in the birthday card was of a guy holding a briefcase with a, just a really nice suit on. Mm. And I was, I was upset by it at first. And then they were like, no, you idiot. It's a compliment. It's like, this is where you're going. You know, this is, mm. this is who we see you as, is this, you know, you're, you're this person, You've, you're going to be up to things, or I guess that's what they meant by they the suit. Emu- that you like put off the suit and tie vibes I think while that that, in your tie dye. Yeah, sandals. that's not what I thought I was doing. I was trying. <laughs> I was really trying. You're like, I'm going to be a cool rock star, guys. Don't. Yeah, don't put this on. Don't me. turn me into successful businessman. Well, I, I don't really think that suits and ties make no. someone trustworthy. In fact, I think the most untrustworthy people generally put a suit and tie on in order to cloak what is actually going on behind them. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that a dude in tie-dye can't steal all your savings. <laughs> <laughs> We've been well, down this road before, I think. You know, the reason why they're not in tie is because banks won't hire them dressed that way. They make them put a suit on. Yeah. Right? That's okay. true. Okay, so we promised everybody we were going to talk about a couple of wage and hour things. Harley, used to work in dentistry, lunch and learns. Let's talk about that. How would they manifest when, where you worked? Yeah, it was just a rep would reach out. They want to sell us something, whether it be a, a line trying to sell you know, Invisalign services or implants, whatever the case may be, they'd come in and say, hey, I'll buy your whole team lunch from the restaurant of your choice. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is agree to sit down with me for an hour and listen to me pitch this product. The other way we see it is lunch and learns where it's a wrap. They're not trying to sell you something or they've already sold you something. And now they're coming back to do the training. Right. And then want to spend an hour with you, you know, with the doctor and the team and kind of go through and explain what, you, you know, what, whatever it is that you're going to either be selling, providing or a new system that you're going to be using. I've even had reps take us like out to Top Golf. Yeah. So take you to something else to right. just kind of they just, you know, they're whining and dining. Exactly. Um, so um, the issue here is is that um, also that what we hear come out of the mouth of the rep is the cool thing here is I'm going to buy everybody lunch. That way we can just do this over lunch. I take care of everybody. I explain what's going on, and you don't have to pay anybody. Right. 
And um, Harley, now that you work at Cedar. You have to pay them. Yeah. Yeah. If it's associated with work, you have to pay. Yeah. So in, the, the in lunch this, doesn't count. Exactly. It in this instance, that. we've laid out for you. That's on the clock time. Yeah. 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 And, and in most instances, there's just not a lot. There's just not a lot of ways to get out of it. Exactly. So for everybody who's listening, whether you're in a dental or medical office or, or you're in some other kind of setting, buying people lunch and taking care of them is wonderful. And you should do that. Mm hmm. But doing it in lieu of paying them violates wage and hour rules. Right. And so, you know, going back to what I told you before, you know, you didn't, you know, not everybody understands the DOL can go into your bank records and start looking at how you, um, how you're paying people and how you're classifying people. Um, you probably also didn't know that, that on their website at the very front of it, um, they provide their own timekeeping app. The Department of Labor provides a timekeeping app to employees and explain that this is for you to be able to keep your time on the side so that if you feel that you are not being paid properly, you can keep track of time in this application and then you can use it with us when you file a complaint against your employer. The other thing that's on there is a phone number, which is, you know, most government agencies, I mean, it's like Google. There's no way to get in touch with yeah. them. Um, which they of which they will answer the phone at, and there's also an email address where you can push your complaints to. So I'm just mm -hmm. also sharing as we go through this thing, scary things about what the Department of Labor is up to. I would love to know some statistics over how often that app gets used and how often violations are found. I, they gave it to us some time ago. They released this app about eight years ago. They keep improving it. Yeah. Um, which is not good. Um, <laughs> and they I, they had given numbers of the number of downloads that people had execute on it. and it was I don't remember what it was but it was it was a really high it was number. a significant yeah, amount. yeah. whether yeah. the whether the employees are, are using it or not it doesn't matter mm -hmm. um let's see just looking at my notes here okay so we cover lunch and learns everybody you can't pay somebody can't pay them in chicken if you go back to that uh you can't pay them in chicken you also can't pay them in a in a lunch can't pay them in Panera sandwiches yeah, can't pay them in Panera sandwiches but you sure can buy them some because they're delicious one other point I want to make is and I want to answer this question, which is runs in the back of everybody's mind if you're a small business owner, which is a little bit about why would they care? Why would they come after little old me? Mm -hmm. Like I'm too small. They won't come after me. Um, I have a couple of counters to that. Um, the they being the Department of Labor or the government or whatever it is. Exactly. Um, the first point I want to make is Google exists and there's a plethora of both good and bad information about timekeeping wage and hour. And this is a super hot topic across all kinds of subreddits where employees are. And so employees are more informed and have access to more information than they've ever had before. And mm -hmm. so they can do research on their own and whether they're right or not, they can f uh, come to their own conclusions about whether or not they're being paid properly. So, you know, 20 years ago, this didn't exist. There just was really no – you could make a mistake, a wage and hour mistake, and, and I don't want to say get away with it, but it could go undetected for a while, mm -hmm. uh, maybe forever. That is no longer the case. So that's the first reason why you want to make sure you understand all of these rules around wage and hour, of which we're just covering a few today. Going back to why would they care, if I told you as a listener that somebody was out there doing something to prevent you from making, from getting paid everything that you're supposed to get paid, what would you do? Well, most of our listeners out there, uh, that rings a bell for them. That's called an insurance company. And you spend all of your time in a battle trying to scratch and get what is rightly yours from them as they try to hold it back. 
So there is a little bit of a cross-reference there between the Department of Labor and, and, um, and their wage and hour division and us as employers because we're paying taxes and that's the income. And when you look at this across all the states, there are plenty of studies out there that show that billions and billions of dollars in taxes are being not being paid into the system because of misclassification and wage and hour mistakes amongst employees. So the Department of Labor's job is to keep their jobs and to collect the money, and we're out here making mistakes, and so they're kind of after us, you know. Right. And and sometimes it's not even a mistake; sometimes it's intentional. Right. I mean, we had a we just put this in the last newsletter of which. Probably when you listen to this, it wasn't the last newsletter, but we uh, linked to an article where a home care company was refusing the DOL's request for all their records. Oh, yeah, I remember. remember saw, you remember that? Yeah. And so she was like, I'm not providing you these records. You don't have a right to them. And they, you know, they just went to court and a judge told her, you, you'll provide the records or you're going to be in jail tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. So either provide them or, or go to jail. Um, so, I mean, there's no... There's no hiding from any of this stuff. You have to comply with them once it, once it comes around. I'm sure she just made the situation worse for herself. Uh, Harley, anything else for today before well, we let people out of here? The reason we keep talking about that early podcast episode about paying people in chicken is mm -hmm. because we actually got a question from a listener. Who we have a listener question? We have a listener question. You know, actually, I'm acting surprised. We're starting to get more and more questions coming in, so many that we're not able to answer all of them, but we do. Uh, we are committed to just picking one at least every episode and answering it. So yeah. ask me the question. I'll try to be as succinct as possible. Okay, I'm going to read from my tiny script that you made fun of. Okay. Um, so I heard your podcast about paying people in chicken, uh -huh. which was hilarious, by the way. Oh, so I like this person already. Yeah, they're yeah. really buttering. Do we us have up. their name? Can we send them like a gift card? Uh, I don't know. We could probably get it. Okay. We probably won't say it on the podcast. No, we're not going to say it on the podcast. <laughs> but we can get it. Uh, but what if this person doesn't want to be paid? I was going to pay a candidate for their working interview, but they said it would mess up their unemployment. So they asked me if I could just give them a gift card instead. Okay. A very reasonable human, a very uh, reasonable and human uh, request on their part. They're yeah. concerned. They don't know that they're going to get the job. You don't know that you're going to give them the job. You do want to work with them, maybe do a working interview or, you know, a skills test or have them come into the practice for a bit. And, and so you, you don't want to mess up their unemployment if you're not going to hire them either. Right. I mean, that's just kind of, we're all being human here, but their, their problem is, is that that, it doesn't matter what they want. We got to go back to the Department of Labor. And, and in this case, also the IRS. As an employer, you have an obligation to uh, withhold taxes, pay the matching taxes, pay your unemployment insurance taxes, and also to uh, cover somebody underneath um, your workman's comp program. If you do not bring that person on properly and you just let them work for you five minutes, an hour, or all day long, or two or three days, then and then you pay them under the table, um, then you are violating those laws. They are not violating them. They are not going to get in any trouble whatsoever. Exactly. You get in. You get in trouble for that. So they might even be the ones who file the claim against you. That we've seen it happen several times. Yeah. I'm not going to say occasionally. They just go and they've they've got to reapply for unemployment and they list you as an employer even though they only work for you for a few hours. Right. Um, also, if um, just just I want to just kill this. It, I don't hear it as much or as often as I used to because I think I put out enough articles on it that maybe I killed it. But this idea that if you pay somebody less than six hundred dollars, 
you don't have to make them an employee is just wrong. It's not true. It, I don't, it's it's based in, an, in another rule, which just basically says you don't have to report income to legitimate independent contractors that's under $600. And by the way, I'm not a tax expert, but the example of this is, is, is the person who mows your lawn. It's your babysitter. It's mm-hmm. the it's these little one-off things that come along. You cannot take that that idea, that concept, and convert it over to your practice. Right. It just is, it is, you know, it's just not accurate. Um, I think the other thing um, that I want to point out is that you, um, you know, you, you, you just need to understand that if someone comes in and works for you, it's to be paid and they need to be onboarded properly. Whether, yeah. even if you don't think they're going to make it, or even if you're planning on working with five or six people, I hate to say it, but they fill out the paperwork. You uh, you should do a background check before you let anybody touch any medical records in your practice or children. HIPAA or, training uh, before you let you them should touch do the medical HIPAA, records. Yeah, you should do the HIPAA training. You, so the, the, the thing is, is you're doing the proverbial cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. And I understand why people are trying to get around it to a degree because it seems like it it would save you time. But really, how much how much effort is it? Yeah, are the working interviews still sounding enticing yeah, to the listeners out yeah. there? Yeah, I mean we have a ton, we have a ton of uh, uh, guidance around that. Yeah, um, and, it's and, no secret that Cedar advisors don't love working interviews. No, we do. No, as well, an option. they're not they're not legal. So, um, so uh, <laughs> listener, I hope we answered your question. You can't pay them in a uh, gift card or anything else. I don't care what they want. I mean, I am human and I do appreciate it, but I don't care what they want. Mm-hmm. You need to you need to stay in compliance, and I need you to do all the things that you would normally do to bring someone on. Now, if have you, that conversation before you let them do the work, and go to our website and look. Go go to Cedar's website, cedrsolutions.com, and do a search for uh, skills testing versus working interviews, and, yeah. and educate yourself around that stuff. All right, everybody, thank you for staying awake long enough to listen to what the hell just happened. What the hell just happened in HR is that we discussed a couple of uh, types of wage and hour violations. The fact that the DOL can go all the way into your bank records. And um, and that, uh, you know, you gotta gotta be careful. You gotta comply. Gotta understand these rules. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Harley. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened. If you have an HR issue, question, or just want to add a comment about something Paul said, record it on your phone and send to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. We might even ask if we can play it on the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us again next week.